Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is August 14th, 2017, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 88, coming at you from Brooklyn, New York, here in Lobby One. We are not streaming live because time is hard to deal with sometimes. Time dot is hard. Time dot is hard, exactly. How's everybody doing? Uh, That's a reference nobody understands. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. People know about time dot is. You've talked about it on podcasts. I've talked about it on multiple podcasts. Yeah, it's a, okay. you know what it is. It's it's a it's an inside. It's it's just for the the true fans. Yeah, just for the loyal Hardcore listeners. Hardcore fans. Uh-huh. For the for the the true followers of Waypoint and, and and all of us. How's everybody doing? It's just you. It's us us three today. Rob just, is out. Just uh, three of us. Uh, Dan Danica is behind me doing social media work. I think. <laughs> uh, how's everybody? How was everyone's weekend? Other than really well, fucking stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Man, some bad things going on in our country. Some fucking bad things going on in our country, y'all. It has been. So I was out of town. I I was like, okay, I'm going to take Friday off, and I'm going to go to to New Jersey. I'm going to see my family, and it was just like Friday night. I so so it actually started really well. I got I got home on Friday night, and I brought home one of the gaming laptops we have here, so that I could play No Man's Sky, the new patch dropped uh, Atlas Rises, which is like it promises like 30 new hours of story content. And by that I mean like any natural story. <laughs> There's at a all. story now. There's a story. Yeah. <laughs> there are characters, um, mission objectives, side missions, like all sorts of other stuff. But you know, and, and it was really cool. So I got home and I played that for like five hours with my mom. My mom just like watched me start a new game and explore a bunch of planets. And do you read. need to start a new game in order you, to en- enjoy any of that stuff? Like what happens don't to a mid-save? You okay. can totally jump in, but also. I tried jumping into my old save, and my base was under the ground, oh. the base mm. that I'd built. Um, I think Good. most people haven't built bases, so that's not a problem. <laughs> um, but I, I really wanted to see it from the jump. I wanted to see what the new player experience really looked like. Right. Like, from you start the game, how quickly do you get into the story stuff? Um, and it's actually set up really well with some some good hooks to, like, drag. If you just follow what is the main storyline... Only a few hours in, you're getting objectives that kind of teach you, that tutorialize some of the more interesting systems in the game around resource management and resource collection and, you know, building different types of, of uh, equipment and, and stuff like that. And more importantly, like, there's just kind of an interesting story now. There's a character. Like, there are characters. There are multiple characters now and not <laughs> what just, is that, like... Yeah, what does that actually look like? Because there was a, quote, story mm-hmm. in, in the first so I'll give version, you like, sort I'll, of. I'll give you just, like, a very brief moment, which is, yeah. like... I arrived into a – the thing that I need to find the time to write about today or tomorrow is just it's been interesting to go from a game that was profoundly lonely. And I mean that in terms of its 
design as much as its tone. Um, it was a game that really had a bunch of you know empty NPCs who were who would give you equipment you could trade with, but that didn't have any characterization. It had originally had kind of two NPCs that had any characterization, and these characters called Nada and Polo, who were like explorers, kind of like you, but they they kind of were very vague. And then it had the kind of big atlas structures that you went to and got kind of vaguely philosophized at, but it didn't have any like characters who were doing things in the world who had their own agendas or who had their own ideas or, or anything like that outside of Nada and Polo who didn't feel like they were actually characters in any sort of larger story. Um, now there was this moment going from that where like you're basically the only mover in the world to this moment where I got into a new space like sector and suddenly my my ship starts beeping at me and it's like, oh, incoming communication. It's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> since when is there an income, thing, anything like an incoming communication? And then like, you hit it and it's like someone is saying like, hey, is anyone out there? Help, help, help. You know, and it goes, you, you end up going down a whole thing of trying to locate where they are by triangulating where you're at and then trying to, you have to go interact with somebody to try to get them to give you like the, the star field like reading of where you're at and, and compare it to their star field reading. And, but to do that, you need to raise your rank with their faction so it like introduces you to the, the faction reputation mechanics and to do that now you can you can do all the stuff you used to be able to do which was just like help people when pirates attack or trade with them or give them certain items but there's also now a whole side mission board where you can just take missions like go hunt this animal or go find these rare minerals or deliver this package all procedurally generated stuff all kind of like it's not like super interesting by any means, but it's cool to just say, here is a small objective for you to do in this really pretty world. That, yeah, like, that's, oh, that's, that's huge. It's because huge. That, that, I, as someone that didn't get what someone like you got out of just mm-hmm. like the lonely exploration part of yeah. No Man's Sky, like, I enjoyed that game for five hours and then was just like, okay, and just dropped it uh, yep. completely. Um, even just having the littlest to hang on to like to go like why should I go do that or why should I go do that yeah. and and that sounds encouraging. I don't know if it's enough for me to want to, especially given how busy things it's are. It's such right a now. busy season, like, yeah. But it's it's cool and like it's spooky in a way that was not there before for me. Like I I, I found there's an alien. There are new. There are more alien planets. More um, interesting looking ships have been added to. But like there was this one planet that I'm just going to describe. That I didn't. We so it was the last. It was after five hours. My mom and I have been playing this game. She'd been watching me play it. She'd read me write about it before. I was visiting her and, and my stepdad and the rest of my family, and so it was like, oh, I'm just gonna sit down and, and show her what this game is that I've spoken about so often, and we we kind of come into this this last sector. I'm like, oh, I'll just look at one more planet, kind of. And it looks all, it looks broken. It looks like, oh, that can't be right. Like there's hexagons all from space looking down at this planet. There are these giant hexagonal patterns, hexagonal patterns, um, where just like huge divots in the, in the earth itself or in the planet. And I'm like, that's, oh, fuck, it bugged out. Like I'm playing on PC. I guess something didn't load in. It was a Borg planet. And I started going closer. And then inside <laughs> of every hexagon is another set of hexagons. And then inside of every hexagon is another set of hexagons. And I land, and it's like the whole planet is like tiny little tiles, and every every tree is like pearlescent, um, but with the, these hexes built out of it. And it's like an entire synthetic planet, um, and like the entire practice of seeing something that's strange in a game where I've become so used to seeing what the algorithm produces. Like, oh yeah, this is a desert planet, and like maybe it's an especially cool desert planet or an especially cool toxic planet or whatever. But it's a toxic planet. Even just seeing one new type of thing there was like, whoa, okay, they're doing some shit here. And then that stuff ends up 
clearly hooking into what some of the main mainline story stuff is. And so like moments like that, you know, moments where you're like, oh, I'm working towards this goal and then, oh, no, there's a twist and then they, I don't get the goal. And now there is now another guy to deal with this other character who's also working towards a goal like that stuff is just not there before. And it, it's weird because I came to that game always feeling like it was going to scratch an itch like Minecraft for me more than like a single player story game. I was never looking for Knights of the Old Republic. I was never really looking for even Freelancer or something like that. I was always just looking for something to podcast to or decompress with. Um, So it's interesting for it to now be offering. I I never thought there'd be a day when I would go back, want to go back to No Man's Sky to see what was happening with a character, you know? Um, So we'll we'll see. I'm going to stick with it. And so then I stopped playing that day, that night. We we put it away and I was like, oh, let me just just open up Twitter and see what's going on. And then it was like, oh, white supremacists are what is going on. I'm going to need way more time with well, No Man's Twitter Sky to decompress. that's Twitter every day. Well, that Austin. is Twitter every day. That's fair. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. But so we saw what was going on in Charlottesville, and that was on Friday night. So that was the the kind of first steps of the rally with the tiki torches. And yeah. that was like, oh, this fucking sucks. Um, and I had a gut feeling that things were not going to get better from there. But I did not anticipate how shitty that weekend would go. Uh I don't know. I guess it was already shitty when, with like the photos of a bunch of white supremacists like surrounding a handful of students, like brave students who were counter protesting and like with sw- torches. With torches, I yeah. know. Ugh. Jesus Christ. Um, and then, I guess it did. It didn't. It didn't feel like it, as bad because unfortunately we've seen that before. Like the right. situation is not new in 2017. The tiki right. torch thing has played out yep. <laughs> specifically. Yep. Uh, before mm-hmm. and just petered out after that evening uh, or that weekend, that weekend and was largely uneventful other than just highlighting how far this country still has to go despite the lies it tells itself. Yep. Um, yep. Constantly. I, well, and then, I, and then Saturday, you know, obviously uh, it is it is one of those moments that I think we will remember for a while as being an illustration of where things are in 2017. Um, for, I guess there's a chance some people don't know about what there, happened, there's right? A ch- yeah. There's certainly given, a chance. Given, yeah. Um, so during the – there was a, a, a kind of alt-right white supremacist rally um, in which a bunch of neo-Nazis and like modern-day Klan affiliates and other white supremacist white nationalist groups were organizing in Charlottesville, Virginia to ostensibly to protest the removal of a Robert E. Lee statue – um, but but more than that, really, to just organize, right? Like, I think that's one of the big takeaways from this event this weekend yeah. was these are groups who were all vaguely aligned, but moments like this are, to me, one of the one of the more frightening things under the Trump presidency in which these groups that used to squabble over little bits, were they are they white nationalists who care about white culture or are they white supremacists who care about genetic superiority? Are they... Are they advocating genocide? Right. Which, which flavor, which, which flavor of, of shitty, insane? Right. Sorry, but yeah, like which which flavor and, of insanity? Um, yeah. And it all happens on the internet, large, by and large, right, or right. or in small small meetings that happen uh, out of uh, in the shadows. Like it's not something right. that is happening in front, proud, emboldened, as though they feel 
uh, waving, energized and, right, waving yeah. Nazi flags, you yeah. know, wearing proudly. the not just proudly, but like aggressively with um, M16, also <laughs> aggressively, right, yeah. right, yep. <laughs> holding assault rifles. Yeah, uh, and in the pro- in the uh, you know, obviously, I think that this this thankfully created also a large amount of counter protest. A lot of people who were anti-fascists showed up. A lot of people who were you know left wing, a lot of clergy also showed up. Also showed up. Nice Cornell West was there. Cross section there was, of yep, people, absolutely. Yeah. Like counter It turns out. Lots of people fucking hate Nazis. Yeah. Same. Uh, <laughs> Low and, bar, as it turns out. Yeah, as it turns <laughs> yes. out. Well, yep. uh, it should be. <laughs> well. Okay, many sides. <laughs> Fuck out of here, Trump. Um, yep. The In the process that followed, uh, there was a moment in which uh, one person who came from Ohio rammed a car into a, a group of counter-protesters, killing uh, Heather Heyer, who was... A, a woman who was there to to uh, protest the the arrival of, of the white supremacists there. It's just brutal. It was just like nineteen injured, something like nineteen, 19 injured, five were injured. critically injured. Yeah. Um, also, two cops died from a. Helicopter, helicopter accident, crash. freak helicopter crash. Yeah, yeah. Associated. I mean, they were going to observe the the right. the protests and all that, and it was just one of those moments of just like. I think we've talked about this over and over again. We've had we've had reason to, of like how do we reach out from our positions and try to push things? How do we help people from here? And it was definitely like one of those weekends. Like I'm glad I I'm with my family, but I'm also like eager to try to figure out how to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I I wished I had gone. Yeah, I wished I had known more about Is it. it. Like just, your EMT just as blood, a, as an EMT, exactly. Also your MMA blood. Hey, also, absolutely <laughs> punching and you know mending people. Both it of those means things. you could have gotten into a fight with someone and then healed them. Uh-huh. Exactly, uh-huh. like I'm saying, it's job security. Uh, no, but really, I when I saw what had happened, I started like rapidly tweeting, like in case anybody's looking at Twitter, uh-huh. here's what you do to keep somebody alive while right. help arrives, basically, yeah. and really felt a lot of. Like, why the hell am I not there mm-hmm. being a street medic at this at this counter protest? Like, yeah. I should I should I have this training. I should be using it for this purpose. Um, like, I definitely had that in my heart, and it lit a real fire under my ass to actually go to more protests yeah. and to do more specific street medic training because mm-hmm. obviously I know the. Yeah, like, what to do I, on an ambulance? I, mean, I should learn how to <laughs> s- splint a wound. And, I can like, show you that. You should. You I can should show, show you that right now. Basics. You know? Not right now. We don't have. We're not streaming. Right. So we right. don't this is a different have... podcast right. that we'll do. Yeah, you we'll know, talk how to, to be alive in 2017. Yeah. That'll be a good. <laughs> that's a good. That's <laughs> good a good series name. Yeah, that's a good everything name. So yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I think we'll we'll end up probably talking about here or there. And and for me, it's it's one of those things where this is not. A freak incident. This is a thing that represents a, a specific history. This is not a thing that um, is is like you said. It's it's something that used to be something that only happened in our lifetimes in the corners of the internet. We we thought, um, and so to see it so flagrant does represent. It's like I'm kind of torn between two things. Like on one hand, racism is here. It has always been is is core to America. Yeah. It is frankly, it is core to what we think of as American values. Like they were def- they weren't defined against racism. They were defined inside of it. They were just defined with it in mind. And so every time that we try to recover some part of an America that we love, we have to always be contending with the fact that that vision of America was was at once tied up with with racist white supremacist views. Um, and so I want to not dismiss the notion that this is nothing new, uh, that in fact this is just one more step in a long heritage, a long history of terrible, virulent 
anti-blackness, anti, you know, anti-Semitism, uh, yeah. terrorism, racism, um, you know, homophobia, everything, right? All like, the like, isms. The, let me all tell the you, isms, all those the folks obvious. are shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I want to also be able to say at the same time, this marks a return to a virulence that we hadn't seen in public in quite some time. Um, it's not that dog whistles were better, <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> uh, but it's that I didn't feel as unsafe with dog whistles. I felt like the fact that we pushed them to dog whistles was was proof of gained ground. It doesn't mean you've won the fight, but it means that you've made some push. And so, I don't know, it's it's... It is frustrating to see us back here, but but also like you, I'm trying to get fired up, trying to get out there. Uh, but the, pro- the problem with too. dog whistles, as much as they are a rhetorical victory, it also yep. allows a lot of well-meaning people to ignore mm-hmm. or be accidentally ignorant of totally. what is actually happening. I think part of the reason that Charlottesville hit as hard as it did was I think for a lot of people, it was this frank... Uh, first, well, firsthand seeing like, like, oh, is this actually, this is a thing? Like, this is right. out there? People are doing this? Like, I think there are a lot of people that... Uh, think America is better off than it actually is, not yes. because they choose, not because they are uh, wouldn't be willing to denounce white nationalism or white supremacy, because they genuinely think things like Barack Obama's presidency meant the the the, <laughs> the country was on a better track. They don't get exposed right. to the 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 hatred and the, the suppression and the other things that are playing out in the country, and so to see it so nakedly, so brazenly out there, I think for a lot of people was a wake up call to like actually like. As much as you might want to think we shouldn't give this oxygen, we shouldn't give it attention, the fact that it's being given oxygen's attention is finally a chance to to examine like the underbelly of America that hasn't that has gone uh, unnoticed, that has gone unchallenged, and, right. and the only way that you stop that out is by challenging it, not by ignoring it. Um, totally. I so, mean, yeah, even, I th- it even it even draws that line very clear. It, or it reveals a line between the dog whistle and the 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 you know the car slamming into somebody, right? Like. The right. reason that one of the reasons that the white supremacist movement in America is so strong is because it is not denounced uh, often. It is not denounced powerfully. It is there in terms of policy. There have been moves away from uh, investigating white nationalist terrorism in, in this country. Um, and importantly, like I, I don't know, like the, the thing that kept sticking with me was how do how do they recruit? How do they recruit so young? What is being what failure is being made on both the left and the right in this country in terms of appealing to uh, young people, especially young white dudes, and like I'm not just appealing to them, but like making it clear Converting. that being a Nazi fucking sucks, yeah. like, and that there <laughs> yeah. are better ways forward, right? And like, what do we do in terms of in terms of giving um, visions of what it means to be a, a good person uh, and a successful person with in ways that actually can counter that stuff. Um, and also, how do we deny them space? Like, how do we deny that this is a thing that I'm willing to live with, like near, I'm willing to, to fuck with in any way? Um, but also, it's been making it also, I, I hope, has has made clear that like, one of the ways we get here is through dog whistle politics. Yeah. It's it's a life of hearing, you know, welfare queens and young bucks and and hearing, you know, build the wall, uh, build the wall kind of and yeah. and you know, uh, 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 what the fuck do you say? Bad, bad hombres. Bad hombres. Yeah. Bad hom- right. Fuck I think off. he said it with the huh. He did the say hombres. hombres. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's worse. Right, so right. so like I hope that this is one of those moments where we can think about. 
how, you know, it's not like flipping a switch. He doesn't say bad hombres and then a switch is flipped and now you, there are 12 people turned into white nationalists. But it builds, it is the foundational structure it on which. It excuses a lot of it. Exactly. It emboldens And it a makes them like, it, it opens the door for like the 47 year old like white supremacist leader to like come in and build that bridge from general agitation, a feeling of, of depression and anxiety about the world, a feeling like they've lost something even though they haven't, to this thing that is that is actual open white supremacy. And like figure out how to break that bridge and instead build bridges towards uh, some sort of larger set of identity uh, feelings. Like, like this is the thing, like you think about Heather Heyer, who, who again uh, we lost in, in Charlottesville this week. That was someone who was deeply committed to justice, to fairness, to equality, who was willing to risk her life for it and who lost her life in in defense of it and like how do we encourage more people to be like that and i that's a hard question but just one i'm like pretty determined to think about in the near future and i think it's worth asking to people who play games i think Mm -hmm. it's very worth asking to people who have these notions of wanting to save the world right that's that's what fuels a lot of gameplay is fantasy fulfillment and wish fulfillment and wanting to be a hero and wanting to be something in the world, right? Yeah. I think there's something about that instinct that could be a ripe space for actually building good bridges and not totally being absolute shit. Well, we see it we <laughs> we do see that the the thing that's tough is that like the game's space is has both harbored and and fed like the worst sorts of, of white nationalism and also has been a place where uh, you know, marginalized people can come together, can find each other, can build community. Absolutely. Um, and so one of the things that is really interesting is like thinking about games themselves. Is there is there something that we should look at in ter- inside of games themselves that are not like I'm not saying that certain games dog whistle. Certain games do dog whistle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Certain <laughs> games dog, do have their own sets of dog whistles around race yes. and sexuality and politics. But but is there a way to think about and and, and you know, reward or, 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 you know, support games that do produce fantasies that are not just um, destructive. destructive or exploitative or I don't know. And that doesn't mean like that doesn't mean giving them a higher review score no. or something. But it no, means no. like it's not something I think of, it's not something that I think a lot of us think about in terms in our in our criticism. Like, I think we're really good at calling out shit when it's bad. Like, I'm pretty good at identifying when a game slips into racist trope or when it is, like, deeply sexist or when it is colonialist, right? Like, um, I think we're a lot... It's a lot harder, and maybe that's just because the set of of games, especially in the AAA space, aren't as good often at, like, providing a fantasy that is productive, that is utopian, that is, like, uh, something that we can learn from. Um, It was was really weird showing No Man's Sky to my parents and having them go, like, well, wait, what, like, so how many, like, what's the... Who's the enemy? Right, who do you feel? (laughs) Well, you you can fight stuff. There are missions, I guess, now to go fight the robots, but, like, and there are bounty hunting things, but, like, that's not... Like, I just come to this game to explore stuff and see really pretty worlds. And, like, yeah, maybe there's actually still an element of colonialism For here sure. in some some regard. I think it's worth taking into consideration. But it's also a game that does not fundamentally make me imagine myself as a really good killer. Whereas my favorite game this year, two of my favorite games this year, Zelda and, and Battlegrounds, fundamentally, like, I got real fucking good at killing things. <laughs> and that's okay. I love those games. Right. But, like, I would also love that m- more games to explore those other sorts of fantasies and and embolden me to work with other people and and consider what a better world might look like. I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting dilemma. It sure <laughs> and is. a heavy one. <laughs> a game that does not, I think, take this super seriously <laughs> 
is uh, Agents of Mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> Agents of Mania? Agents of Mania. Agents of Sonic Age, Mania? Age of Mayhem. Age of War? Age of... Agents of Mayhem, May. the new... Agents of May. Agents of May. Age that would of actually... Mayhem, That's a new colon, Mania Rising. <laughs> It's a new Overwatch character. I think Agents, Agents of, of May. May might actually be a communist thing. I think actually I hope it it's is. not. Um, <laughs> so uh, Agents of Mayhem is out this week, Patrick. Is that right? Yeah, it comes out tomorrow. Yeah, uh, and that's a game. That's a <laughs> so it's by Volition. It's the it is by what's left of Volition or a new uh, kind of a younger team at Volition than some of the people who were working on the previous Saints oh, Row games. Yeah, a lot of people uh, following the release of. Uh, uh, Saints Row the Fourth is that, in that mm-hmm. one? Was that mm. Saints Row? Four? Saints Row Four. They just called Saints Row the Third. And then it was Saints Row Four. Which is a bummer. Uh, yeah, a lot. Uh, there was a lot of turnover after um, uh, that game came out. Not because I think that studio like was going through any issues. It was just uh, they were clearly going to move on yeah. from that franchise, and totally. some people left to go do uh, other things. Um, and so, Agents of Mayhem is the first game that they've put out since. Uh, a lot. Of, it technically takes place in the Saints Row universe, I believe. <laughs> it okay. So yeah, it like, takes let's in the dive future, in. Do you, right? Do you, it's in well, the future of the Saints Row verse. So okay. So what do you remember about the end of Saints Row Four? Uh, Without getting into too much of a spoiler okay. territory. It was all. It was all a simulation. In Saints Row Four. Yes. yes. That's what yes. you just asked. Yes. 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 Yes, yes. Yes. I was yeah, just making sure in my own head. There's a dance. There's a Montel Jordan dance. dance. They they also end up delving into some time travel. Yes. Right. And also weird split, like, timelines. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it takes – so at the end – one of the ends of the Saints Row 4 Gat Out of Hell expansion where they go to hell to rescue Johnny Gat. Oh, I, didn't play that. I forgot so about that. Yeah. They One of the endings lets them recreate Earth, and this is in that Earth. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Yeah. So it is technically in the Saints Row universe, well, like, if not the Saints Row world, because there's multiple worlds in right. this universe. It's also these places in Seoul, South Korea. Like, that's the city, which okay. is fine. Yeah. It's just weird because all the other Saints Row games took place in fictionalized versions of cities. Right, so like real Steel cities. City. Right, right. Yeah, Steelport yeah. and Stillwater, Steel which are like Chicago and Detroit, I want to say, yeah. maybe. Anyway, um, you're a secret agent. You're like, you're like what if G.I. Joe was allowed to curse? That's the pitch on this game, basically. <laughs> what if G.I. Joe had attitude? Oh. Um, yeah, what if they could talk about fucking? Oh. <laughs> That's basically it. It's weird. Which, it's one a, of the characters does. Yeah, yeah totally. The, what do you think of the characters, Patrick? How far in are you? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, the embargo allows us to talk about our first five hours, but I've played okay. probably twice that. I've um, played about five, so I'm safe. Okay. Um, and I could I could speak to, to most of my feelings on that game in that first five hours. Uh, I, mean, yeah. I guess we should set up sort of the structure first is that rather than creating your own character like you did in yes. Saints Row and then sort of playing sort of a nameless avatar um, that participates in a story around you. Hey, your name uh, and, was Boss. Thank you very much in the Saints yeah. Row games. Uh, in this one, you're playing a set series of characters. At all times, you have access to three different characters that you can you can hot swap between on the D-pad or yeah. I'm sure a keyboard a keystroke on your keyboard. Uh, to uh, and you you have a you can eventually have up to fifteen I believe different agents. Um, uh, but you start out with three and then you recruit more as you play through the game and do side missions and stuff like that. Um, and well, I think Austin and I, you and I talked about this uh, privately over the weekend. Yeah. I don't know if I've played a game with a slower, more awkward, boring start, start. than that for than Agents of Mayhem, especially for a game. Did you play Skyward Sword? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not to totally derail you. But. 
Well, I guess the difference, well, yeah, I guess Skyward Sword did get kind of interesting later, but Agents of Mayhem, I guess Agents of Mayhem has a similar problem with Skyward Sword, where it's it starts extremely slow, boring, and then only gets interesting later, but at a point that I can imagine I might lose a lot of people along the way. Especially yeah. for make- a series, like, not, it isn't Saints Row 5, it isn't Saints Row 5, but the Saints Row no. games as far back as two, frankly, have all had really good starts. Yeah. Like, three and four both have fucking Oh, three killer. especially. They both have inc- they both they're have really incredible starts. starts. The Kanye West song. I like, know. I mean, I my know you're, God. You're shooting people through. <laughs> this is, like, the opposite of that. It's, like, slow treks through, like, really uh, unmemorable, bland, like, enemy like again like it's like going against cobra or something in gi joe just like oh it's a big computer uh, it's, it's a it's a shitty like gray room it has like there's some lights there are some nameless guys you shoot there's n- like nothing bombastic there's nothing memorable there's nothing like punchy about the the start and it's like oh and well, now you can switch characters oh this thing's going to blow up it's a mega weapon and like <laughs> it's really boring um and well, the characters are all boring like the right exactly like the star of this game more than anything is, is the characters. And yeah. the three characters they choose to give you at the beginning, you have no choice over your squad. You you start with three characters that are are uh, placed in the in the world, like they, they're in the cutscenes, like the game finds ways to let you sort of like uh, uh, play play any characters you want later on and it, and it finds story ways to, to make that work. Uh, but you're stuck with these first three characters that are, especially having unlocked a bunch of others since, like the yeah. most boring, generic, least interesting uh character like you just ha- you have an assault rifle guy that shoots yep. grenades you have a girl with uh dual pistols that are really fast uh you have uh a dude a with, a big shotgun guy with a shotgun who's, yeah. takes a lot, like and it'd be f- fine if those characters existed in the game in the same way that lots of shooters have pistols and shotguns and yep. machine guns as as like that's just sort of like default things in these types of games but uh, it wasn't until I got a couple of hours in and then started going on some optional quests to unlock some of the other agents that, f- that and then discovered, oh, wow, this game is doing some really interesting things with some bizarre mechanics yep. for its characters. Like, now I have this really, uh, like, when I'm approaching a situation, I have this really badass bow and arrow girl God, that can so just good. do these amazing headshots. She, has, she does a, a lot with uh, area of effect yeah. um, weaponry, so, like, she can cause like poison or slow down and she's so like a you can... doctor she's like a doctor from bombay yeah. who is like trying to cure her people and so she's going after this secret terrorist organization nice. to, like, get, like and she's like and also the that. bow just the yeah. bow feels so good the bow feels yeah. so much it's better than bow. every other weapon in the <laughs> well, it the has like this game. it has like a very specific uh at least i'm playing this on a controller so i'm sure there's a little yeah, bit yeah. of auto aim happening but like yeah. i have to aim just like the game is it's a shooter but it's not you know about accuracy, like let's say in the right. way like Battlegrounds is like the way they've made the bow and arrow feel good is like you kind of just barely shoot it vaguely in that direction and it kind of takes care of itself and it feels very satisfying yeah. um, to pull off. Um, and when you start combining like these area of effect uh, options with some of the like the, the lineup I'm working with now um, is is her who uh, has the bow and arrow and area of effect. Um, I have another character that has sort of like this uh, continuous energy weapon that never runs out mm. of ammunition. And the longer that you're holding the uh, the charge on an enemy, it's like building up a multiplier over time. So you're like trying to focus 
uh, your hits continually. In addition to that, she can throw down a drone that can do right. like attacks on other enemies because your your main weapon is meant to be a continual rate of fire on a single enemy, while the drone is like buying you time while you're trying to take down uh, that one. Um, and then my third one is I just switched. Um, is this uh, this like uh, a Scottish uh, soccer fan who has just this yeah. fucking amazingly brutal assault uh, rifle and shotgun combination. So I don't have to choose oh, between the two. Right. I hold down uh, X and he swaps, his gun swaps modes. It's really powerful, his uh, his special attack. Uh, you have to run into a series of enemies, absorb a bunch of damage, uh, and then explode that. Uh, it's just a really interesting combination of characters that has me swapping between them constantly, depending on yep. my situation, depending on uh, what makes sense. Um, and there's a lot it, of mobility in the combat in this game. Yes. It reminds me a lot of the Mass Effect Andromeda combat, which I also liked. Mm. Lots of uh, so in this game you can triple jump with a lot of characters. There's a dash. There's lots of like side dashing and like setting mm -hmm. up, setting up like lining up a bunch of targets that wants to do a huge AOE attack or, or you know it it, it feels like uh, very dynamic. I, there's a lot of times when I'm playing where I'm like, oh, I know what I'll do is I'll, I'll jump up to this roof and then I'll you know jump down and do this big attack or whatever. And that stuff feels really good. And it's it's frustrating to have it presented in a way that I, I think that like some of the characters are actually okay and pretty funny. Like every every third or fourth line will make me like chuckle. Yeah, but also yeah. every third or fourth line will make me grimace like terribly. <laughs> oh, no. And it's like so like we say hit or miss all the time. Normally that's like a way of softening what we mean is bad. <laughs> this is yeah. really hit or miss and it is I, I have to get deeper into it to see if it ever evens out a little bit. Um, but also the structure is just weird. Like all these side characters oh, that Patrick is talking so about bad. Are, are from optional missions that you only get if you like dig into the menu and find like, oh, yeah, hey, I'll do a side mission to go recruit somebody. They're not in the mainline story. And to switch missions, you have to go back to the base. You have to, there's so many loading When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Bunk. Oh, God. There are so many loading screens. <laughs> Let's say you want to change your character lineup even. You can't do that from a menu, right? Am I wrong about that? I think I'm right about that. I have not yet unlocked the ability to, if I have three characters, I want to trade out two of them. I have to hit start, go back to our HQ, find the thing to just go back out into the world, change my lineup, and go back in. But also, if, it's, I if, to, if you if you can do that from a menu, I haven't seen it, me and either. I think that's if, if, even if you can, it speaks to the game's yes. co uh, completely uh, atrocious, unintuitive UI that we didn't yep. find that. Because like 
Like, so for example, this this game has an interesting meta layer to it where, um, right. kind of like in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, you can send off agents you aren't using in your squad to go accomplish, like, little missions. And they do it automatically. It's on a timer. It gets you uh, different uh, valuables that you can use to buy new uh, different things. Like, it all, it, it's, it's, fu- it's a fun use of, of agents you aren't using or have chosen uh, that you don't find their powers to be uh, complementary to your play style. You have something you can go do, but... Those, so, like, what happened is, like, you'll be in the middle of a mission, and a lot of these uh, sort of meta missions, like, are on between 5 and 15 minutes. So you'll be in the middle of a mission that says, like, hey, this character's come back, and they've brought back your shit. And it's like, cool. Like, go send them out on another one. Well, you can't do that nope. mid-mission. Oh, you have nope. to then uh, hopefully have hit a checkpoint, cancel your progress, uh, go back to the arc, go into that menu, assign yep. them to a new one. Go back to that mission. At ah, once, start at the checkpoint. It'll just drop you back into the world, and hopefully, it drops you at a place that's convenient or near where that mission starts up again. Or else, you're going to spend yep. 45 seconds to a minute it's, getting in a car, getting over there. Yep. And uh, the way you're constantly going back to this hub area uh, ruins your ability to even. Um, I can't even tell you if the, the version of Soul they've built is interesting because I right. spend so little time in it. Because the moment you finish a mission, you go back to the arc. The moment you go embark on a new mission. You're sent back into Seoul, and you're I going immediately know. to that next mission. Whereas, like, the way these yeah. are, these open worlds are supposed to work is that it's all interconnected, and you're staying in that world so you can learn its layout. Um, this game, like a lot of other open world games, um, and in a crackdown-like fashion, has lots of loot chests and yep. upgrades that are hidden around. But and there's no basically t- agility orbs in that game, too. But yeah. Like, you're never just in the world exploring piecing it together in your head so that you like I could today tell you the basic layout of the crackdown map I don't know that I'll ever be able to say that about soul I no. don't know yeah Ugh. it's it's frustrating because it's a game that has good stuff in it in the first five hours that I've played and is really bad at getting it in front of you is really yes. bad at like getting you to the good stuff and letting you determine your own level of engagement with that stuff you're either all the way in or like Patrick said have to completely eject and abort back to base and like and it just like breaks up the flow like so much of it's one of those things that we don't talk about enough is how does this game present itself to me in terms of letting me spend time with it and getting access to the stuff that's really good like uh, the best example ever for me is like you think about the Tony Hawk games and like being able to hit start, hit pause, and then hit restart super quickly so that you're never like stuck in a loading screen when you fuck up. You're never like, this is a bad run. I have to wait for another minute and a half or I have to go back to a loading screen. Like it's it's one of those loops that just lets you continually be in the space that you want to be with the game. And when games do that well, it's fantastic. Like Zelda Breath of the Wild this yeah. year does it super well too, which is like, oh, actually, I don't want to be here at all. I want to be way over here. I'm going to be doing this, this shrine. Like the, the way that it let you do that stuff was like so useful in terms of letting you move through the world and letting you do the thing you want to be doing at any given moment. Um, and not every game has to do that, but games that are about that sort open of open world games. open world, you know, action games <laughs> that are not about like, I don't want Battlegrounds to be able to do that, that sort of like offer me that sort of flexibility. But even actually even Battlegrounds does that. Like I can get out of a match super quick and get into a new one mm-hmm. if I want to super quick. Like I can, it would be such a different thing if that was a game that like I had to pause the game to go into my inventory you know, or something like I there are ways that they could have done it worse and, and they did it better so I don't know I'll stick with it a little bit it's just so. too it's it's too bad like I, I like now where I'm at in the game I, I am really enjoying parts of it specifically mm-hmm. 
probably what was the root of what they built this game around. Yeah. Like the original idea was like these character dynamics that play out based on um, the squad lineup that you're choosing and how those powers interact and play off one another. But I had I just I'm spending like uh, this game probably I'm gonna based on my progress probably takes like between like 25 30 hours to kind of yeah. like do a bunch of the side stuff and finish the campaign. My guess is I'm gonna waste like three to five hours just fighting ah. through menus to yeah. like like it's just the lack of streamlining, the lack of uh, an intuitive way to get to the good stuff. Like so I think a lot of people are gonna well, bounce off this game specifically because of the way it introduces itself. Does the arc ever start to feel like more of an actual place you'd like to be in? Like I think about in Mass Effect the um, Normandy as a place that's like, oh, I liked going home to check in with, with crew and, like, feel no, like I got... there's none of that. There's no, no like, characters hanging out. There's no, right. like, social lounge. You gotta cut you it. That's it. Like, about. at that point, bye. Like, I don't want to be, like, <laughs> just put all that shit in menus or, like, put it in the world for, right. like, if I want to go back there and see trophies or something, but, like, don't make me go back to it if I don't, if I don't need to go back to it. So, ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Can't make me. Agents of Mayhem. Agents of May. Hem, no. Nia, Mania, yeah. because also Mania, <laughs> Sonic, of Mania. Sonic of Mayhem. Austin and Patrick, I have an advanced case of Sonic Mania. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. You're an EMT. What do it's, you do? With, I, how do you, you treat a case? You have to take case? in a lot of fluids. Okay. Okay, you got to stretch. Okay. Get a lot of stretching, okay. a lot of physical therapy. You got to get yourself ready for the blast. From the, the blast past, processing. The blue, the blue, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sonic Mania is out tomorrow, I think, yeah. at least on consoles, and then it's on the 29th for PC. Okay. It is a, I know how shocking this is going to sound, a really, listening. really good 2D Sonic game. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic Sonic the Sonic the in so many bad games that yes. they made a thing called the Sonic Cycle to explain how people yes. could get excited for a new one after all the other ones were so bad. It's, it's true. Look, wait, color, wait, wait, colors what is, is this? pretty good. Wait, what's the Sonic? Cycle? You haven't heard of the Sonic Cycle? <laughs> it's, no. it's a thing. Oh, it's go a... do a Google image search for the Sonic Cycle. I'm looking it's essentially, at it right now. Oh. It's, it's, <laughs> it goes to some places. Yeah. That's good. very good. Okay. Yeah. It's basically that you know the to, 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 the the shorter version of the Sonic Cycle is like a bad Sonic game comes out. Enough distances between you and that bad Sonic game for you to think, well, like maybe this one will be okay. <laughs> this is the one. This, this is, is the one. It, Enough of them have actually been good, and and by that I mean one, two, Sonic CD, Colors. Colors jury, is right. jury is out for me on the Game Boy Advance games because I did not They're play right. them. So. Sonic, I liked Sonic Adventure one, but I don't know I how much too. it had to do with me owning a Dreamcast and it was Sonic yeah. in three D. Yeah, and also sure. that whale, that whales, that killer whale scene that was pretty sick. good. Adventure, it was pretty cool. Uh, adventure fields or whatever. It's an open world game. You can explore. It kind of is. You can talk to people. Yeah, you can talk to humans. That's there are humans a in that weird. world all over yeah. the place. There's the president, or is the, the president loop? only in Sonic Adventure Two? I, I don't remember. Forget about the president. But there's uh, good. There's also, good in the in the library. I think people feel sure. that there's good in the library. The soundtrack to Sonic Unleashed is really good. That game's bad, but that yeah, soundtrack is good. I dope. played that one. The, um, the, the soundtrack to Sonic R, very good. Very oh, good. Oh, yeah. That's high class. Everybody's right super Sonic racing. racing. <laughs> yep, that's it. Perfect. It's very, very good. This game is absolutely awesome because it knows exactly what was good about the very old Games like one, one two. two CD Knuckles Knuckles right is yeah. it Knuckles Chaotix I forget the Knuckles name Chaotix is a of different the third game. third game. it's Sonic three mm-hmm. and then it's Sonic three uh, uh, Sonic and Knuckles which okay. is the cart that you put it in right 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 Knuckles yeah, Chaotix is right. when we 
Kaxis when we got like the alligator and the bee. Oh, there were a lot of bad characters uh-huh. in Knuckle yeah. Chaotix. The yeah. Name? Yes. Okay, gotcha. So this is this is honestly this is hearkening right back to one and two, especially. Uh, just to be clear, it's called Chaotix featuring Knuckles the Echidna. <laughs> Welcome to the next level in 32x world. Wow. That is what the title screen says. Okay, Shout well, out that's... to my good friends at Run Button who've streamed that game five times, and I love it every time. Sometimes you gotta mm. you gotta take one for the team. Sometimes I understand. Uh, How is Sonic Mania? Sonic Mania is awesome. Tell I'll tell you why it's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you start out in Green Hill Zone. There's actually like a weird little <laughs> music just started Sorry, playing. Yeah. It's all right. You know, I got excited. I was like, yes, as you start out. Yeah, and the then Green music Hill Zone music. Playing. I don't know what that was. That was weird. My computer started playing music. You start out, there's a little cutscene, and there's something to do with Eggman and time warps, whatever. It does not matter, obviously. You start out in Green Hill Zone, and it looks exactly like Green Hill Zone uh-huh. from the early, early games. Yeah. The same music. It's not a remix. It's the same exact music. And the very early part of the level feels and looks exactly like those older games. And then you start branching out. You start noticing there's different paths. Uh-huh. There's different mini games. There's different all things that harken back to those older games. There's like a a faux 3D mini game where you're running around and collecting uh, not rings but actually these little bubbles that make oh, you that's go like, faster. I think that was Sonic Sonic CD had a very it, it's like the UFO something chase. like that. Yeah, yeah, the UFO chase yes. exactly. Yeah. But it's it's not, you know, lifted entirely. It's right, just sort right. of evoking that. And then you and then by act 2, it's all new level geography, okay. but with the same looking sprites, the same kind of look and feel, and that's when the music starts getting remixed and starts being like, "Oh no, right. this is a new game. This is totally a new game." And there is a boss battle at the end of every level, not every two levels, which is also Oh, that's cool. cool. Cuz that's just like cool because those yeah. are always some of the most memorable parts really of fun. the Sonic series. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, I'm fighting this what's the new Robotnik like boss boss is going to be in this new game." And so getting a bunch of those sounds good. It's really fun and a lot of them are very creative. It's not always just, oh, you got to jump. Yeah, there was one that I guess we could talk about now, but I don't know if we should. Okay. I Uh, guess we shouldn't. It's so good. If it's that good, you shouldn't talk about it. All right. So there's a, we should talk about it. It's so good. Wait, you said we should or we Uh, shouldn't, Patrick? I I think should not. Okay, we shouldn't. In fact, I'm going to I'm saying, it on Friday. Yeah. I, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. we shouldn't uh, partially because literally when I d- played that at the pre-E3 event, they were like, you can talk about everything you played except that boss. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that that, that I embargo, about it in my that embargo today, is up, you're allowed to. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's a really cool moment that there, there are bosses that go that do things that you do not anticipate from a Sonic boss. It's yeah. not just jumping on a Robotnik bot. Sometimes, right. sometimes it's like other really cool stuff. They really took a lot of cool inspiration from Sonic and that sort of slightly wider Sonic universe. Right. That well, is it also really fun. actually feels kind of Mario-y to me in, in ways, one yeah. sense, which is that levels will often have throwaway mechanics just for that level that's really interesting that's like so in the chemical plant zone yeah. levels there are like you have to charge up certain types of chemicals like to make them bouncy it's like a gel yeah. that you make green or something right to make it bouncy exactly. or like other types of things like that where it's like oh just for this level here is the gimmick to this level that or here's a, another gimmick to this level where by the beginning of you're like how the fuck does this work and by the end you're like oh I got it I'll just jump off the glowy chemicals and then that'll propel me across and I'll stick to that other one right? and then I can get across yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly it's really satisfying very, very good platforming design, and yeah, exactly. It just takes what was really awesome about those early games, yeah. and really, you know, the the sense of momentum, the sense of speed, the sense of actually decent mm-hmm. platforming sort of mechanics. The actual moment to moment gameplay felt good, and turns it into like a really rad new game. Is so. the president there? Are there humans? Are there? I have not seen. What's the story? Humans of yet. Sonic Mania. 
Uh, I think it has to do with time warps and Dr. Hell Eggman yeah. and many Dr. Eggman. Wait, question. Eggman. Query, is it Dr. Yes. Eggman or is it Dr. Robot? Is it? Oh, God. What's it say? Well, in Studiopolis, the third zone, it's it's saying egg all over the place. There's like a okay. TV show called Eggnog. So I guess yeah, they're going there, with Eggman. There was always eggs. So like Death Egg in Sonic 2 was yeah. Death Egg, but it was still Dr. Robotnik. Right. And then in Sonic Adventure, I believe, is when he became Eggman. It's very, Eggman. this is There's all very. There's a lot. Rob, who is who is yeah. uh, not not Rob Zachney, uh, uh, Rob, <laughs> Rob Foldy, our producer, who is our producer, was is like yeah, that's right, that's when it switched. Like, I remember no, that. Can, we, can we paint Rob Zachney as like a really obsessive Sonic yes. the Hedgehog mythologist? <laughs> <laughs> He's a historian. He's a historian. So he's a historian of Sonic. Exactly. 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 Everyone, please tell. Just start asking Rob on Twitter. At Rob Zachney. Zachney. Please. Ideally, ask them in the form of what if they were like questions about like a a civil war. As a historian. As a Sonic historian. Exactly. The battle of Sonic. As a Sonicologist. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog War. Yes. Battle of the Sonic (sighs) Bulls. Exactly. The Great War of Mobius. This is. This is. The, the lore is out there. <laughs> the lore is amazing. Do you know they canceled the Sonic, like, Archie comic? What? This year. It's they finally did? ended. Yeah, which is like, it had been a super long-running uh, comic that had all sorts of... Talk to somebody who knows the art of the Sonic Archie comics if you're interested in, like, wild-ass lore, because wow. it is it gets out there. There Are, wow. there are, are they going to put uh, Sonic in Riverdale? Is that, like, a season two thing? I that's, hope uh, so. season two. Yeah, that's season With two. With his hair it's him <laughs> preserved and, yeah, perfectly. Exactly. The way Archie's hair yeah. is as sh- insane. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I ship him and uh, Jughead. That's oh, my... Yeah, yeah. That's my Definitely. But it's, like, a darker Sonic, so that they... they what's really... his, like... What's the portmanteau? Is it, like... Jonic. <laughs> Sonhead. Jonic is really good. I, but it's spelled with a U. I'm now... Jonic? <laughs> Maybe? Is that better? Jonic? I'm, I'm checking the internet really quick. <laughs> Sonic, Jughead. There's got to be some images. fan art. I Let's know there is. Here. Not enough. Jughead the Hedgehog? Y'all need to y'all need to fix this. <laughs> By this time next week, I want to see some Sonic and Jughead <laughs> Kissing. I need them kissing. They gotta be I kissing. Need them, I need them holding oh, hands. Well, no. Listen, stop well, it. Yeah. <laughs> this is I'm, a different kind of Sonic cycle. <laughs> I think Uh-oh. it's gonna do it for us. Yeah. We do not have time, sadly. <laughs> the different is a question bucket. So, uh, but if, for, for next time, if you have questions for the question bucket, you can send them to gamingadvice.com with the subject question. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. I am not a Sonic historian. I don't want to be misrepresented as one. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm like an amateur Sonic yes. enthusiast. Fair. Danielle, where can people find you and all of your, your fandom for Sonic? Uh, Danielle or I. That's me. I'm and also an amateur. You're also an amateur. <laughs> uh, Patrick. Find me at Patrick Klupik telling you that Sonic was never good in the first place. Get over it. Oh no. That's not on. true. He's just he's Sonic was teasing. This is a bit. But he's come trying. on, Mario was way better. So the, the idea that people oh, put Sonic really? and Mario on the hey, Rob, same level, come on. Can you just turn him on. down when he says all this? <laughs> just fade him out. Thank you. Uh, you can find everything we do here at Waypoint at waypoint.advice.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint. You can find us at facebook.com slash waypointvice. Danica is also in the room. Danica is here. Danica the Hedgehog Danica is the here. Danica the Hedgehog herself <laughs> is here. What, is, what do you want? You can find me at Danica Harrod. Danica Harrod. H-A-R-R-O-D. Harrod? Harrod. Yeah, Harrod. Uh, Herod the Hedgehog. Yeah. Uh, it's a different. That's a weird. Oh, that's different. That's a whole different that's thing. different. I wonder if that exists. There's definitely Jesus the Hedgehog. Yes. There must be. I'll check after we're done here. That's going to do it for us today. 
I think that's all I got. Uh, wow, I've I've been I'm a mess now. What is it that we say to them when we're done? I've lost it. I, it's going to be for now and forever. Be good and be good at it. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.